listening to Not Another Origin Story, the kind book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Javin. As always, Pogues, I'm happy to be here and happy to hopefully produce a piece of uh, entertaining content that is you know, easier to sit through than the Green Lantern film. That's what I say each and every time we start this podcast, and uh, I say it again and today with an extra amount of you know gumption because we just watched the Green Lantern. Ugh, man, we did. They, I, I feel like it would have been great if the producers and the director and the writer of this film had had your attitude of making something entertaining. I think that would have really helped this movie out because it does yeah, suck. Every superhero movie, they come into a room with a chalkboard with like kind of a scale drawn on it and green lanterns on the far end. And they just go, guys, just above this, just somewhere over here to the right of this. The you farther do that? away, the better. <laughs> And Jonah Hex is like really far down on the left, on the other, on the other direction. <laughs> Wait, are you saying Jonah Hex is really good? No. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. My scale of superhero movies goes Green Lantern to Jonah Hex. All so right, that's basically the way I go. <laughs> Take that, Endgame. Uh... Look, I either need like Ryan Reynolds' photoshopped eyes or Megan Fox's like outlandish Southern accent that she uh. somehow got past producers. I I just need one or the other, and I'm happy. I will say at least Jonah Hex oh, had something going on, and Jonah Hex was Jonah Hex for more than like thirty seconds of the show of the movie. It's true. They also chose to um, use a little thing called lights in the Jonah Hex movie. <laughs> Yeah, did you feel this movie was dark? I felt that I I kept adjusting every screen I was seeing it on, thinking I must have to be doing something wrong. I turned the brightness all the way up on my phone, which normally I have it at like twenty five percent when I watch anything. I never have a problem. At one point, the screen was literally black, and I, I was like, see shit. I thought I was streaming it on YouTube, and I was like, oh, something went wrong. My phone is playing just the audio, and I paused it and re- and I like I closed the app and started it back up and. No, it was just super fucking dark in the scene. I still have no idea what happened in it. Yeah, a variety of scenes. Even, like, bright scenes when they're on uh, Oa. 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 I, I hate pronouncing that word. Uh, when they're on Oa, like, even when there's, like, clearly they're in this bright, magical, like, land, it still feels like dusk at yeah. all times. It feels like Oa, it closed. Like, they, you showed up and you're like, all right, man, we're going to get yeah. some food. And you're like, shit, Oa closes at 11? <laughs> oh, Oa's like that strip mall that had, like, the one, like, like Wendy's open till one and yeah. everything else is closed. So you got to, like, walk past, like, And it's just, it's all security and... shit, like, security lights, yeah. but not, like, the actual lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got to walk past just, like, a grimly dark curves to get to the restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it feels like watching Green Lantern. I hope that summed it up for you out there who haven't seen it. Yeah, it was, it was like, while watching it, my thought was, I was like, oh, this is like Daredevil, but not as like fun, like in a way to watch because it was just, it, it's not yeah, even it's, that it's it, like bad. It's just it's really dull. boring and not like well done. And here's the thing. I went in having never seen this. Cause no, the, I hadn't seen hype... it either. The hype about how bad it was when it came out was so real that I never even considered going to the theater to see it. Plus, I've never been really, like, a, a huge DC guy. I haven't read a ton. I've read way more Marvel than yeah. DC, so I, I didn't have a love connection with um, with going to see this to begin with. So I went in with, I mean, like, like historically low uh, um, uh, 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 standards. I was just ready to be you know to, to stare at a screen for two hours and it's not it's not a train wreck really it's not like every scene is awkward and everything fails yeah. and the whole thing's it's disaster it's just bland it's just it, it's like it's it's so bland that like even when it's like the parts that are like really bad and there's some like really terrible dialogue in this movie that like in a normal bad movie you would really laugh at but it's just so bland that you're just like ugh I just don't even care. And it, like, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I refer to this movie as, like, a paint by numbers and cliches. It's, like, everything that happens in a, like, a generic superhero or just regular, like, hero movie happens in this. Like, kind of douchey hero, has some traumatic past, uh, let's have him be introduced to his powers. Uh, he has a moment where he questions himself. He ends up saving the day. And it's just, like, each beat was just so generic. And, and you're so forgetting lame. about 
some of the big ones too like the 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 main villains a big hateful cloud you know yes. <laughs> like like which God, i'm so sick of that I, while watching it i thought i was like oh this reminds me of fantastic four too and i was like you know what's a bad sign when somebody's watching your movie and they start thinking about fantastic four too <laughs> yeah yeah it's just super bad it's because then I, I started thinking i was like was fantastic four two as bad as i remember and like i i probably missed like five minutes of this movie just going back and being like yes no it was a very bad movie and it's a pretty serious waste of parallax which is like the ultimate like turbo it's a weird choice because parallax is one of like the the tippity top villains for the you know the, the green the green lantern core that and sinestro uh i'm not an expert but well I th- I those think, are big ones I was gonna ones say, that I, I know about i think if you say who's green lantern's main vi- villain if, if you're not like if you just have a passing knowledge of comics i think everybody says yeah, sinestro. Exactly. like exactly, i think he yeah. is the and the thing that got me with their choice to use parallax is he like manifest is a big cloud and it's like your character's ability is he can create anything with his mind and then we get the blandest fight scene because it's a dude fighting in like a non-corporeal cloud which is really uninteresting to watch and completely like it would i would have much rather watched a movie where it was him and sinestro like constantly making weapons and like hitting each other you know what i mean like one of them makes That's... a sword and catches it and then like he dissolves his sword and makes another sword and they like make shields like that would have been such a more interesting fight instead of like these like he makes a spring underneath of a gas truck. It's like what the fuck? You can make anything with your mind, and that's what you fucking pick. Well, that's the most interesting scene is him and Sinestro doing having like a skirmish. Yeah. On, you know, during his training. Um, well, here's the thing. I was looking this up, and I wanted to become uh, extra prepared for this episode. So I actually downloaded and read what was cited in a couple of interviews by the directors, as the because um, there was one director uh who took the who wrote most of put together most of the movie before moving on and being replaced by the the um always the, a great sign <laughs> by martin campbell yeah and i think that's a pretty key as to what happened um but they both cited secret origins which is uh jeff jeff johns i want to say I, um, I think so maybe uh uh yeah jeff johns uh Je- jeff johns written uh green lantern sort of uh, reset of his origin. It's, it's impossible to track this shit, you know, because these characters get reset like a thousand times. I mean, I'm a comic book fan, and I'm saying that. Like, I'm just saying, I, it's hard yeah. to track with what the official one is. But this is a pretty, a pretty popular, strong uh, uh, origin story for him, as far as I can tell. And I read it, um, and it is the, it is basically this movie. Holy shit! They really? they they just they just scripted Secret Origin because. I mean, it has the same beats. I mean, Hammond is there. He's investigating like the ship and the the crashed. Um, uh, the, God damn it! The names of this movie are impossible. Uh, Sorry, so you forgive me. Yeah, Admiral um, Sir. Yeah, he's looking at the crash, Admiral Sir. Uh, uh, voiced by my favorite clone trooper. Yes, uh, back again. He, he after this, they loved him so much. They were like, "Fuck it, put him in Aquaman. He's his dad." I thought that was insane. And there's an accident. And he turns, you know, and he his his brain goes, you know, uh, inflates, and he becomes uh, the character that he's known for. Uh, uh, there's the pilot accident. There's uh, the whole conversation about you know the company needing needing this contract. There is every single do, beat do, is, is there. Is Hal Jordan an asshole in the comic? I mean, he's cocky. In fact, it's so much so that when he gives a speech later in this film um, about fear to the guardians, it's it's actually pretty like 70 percent the the script from the uh, the comic which i found upsetting because my note when that scene was going on was this speech sucks yes <laughs> and it's also in in the in the context of the movie it's the most pointless scene he travels yeah. to oa to be like uh, parallax is coming to destroy earth help me beat him and they're like uh we'd like to but no and he's like well can i do it it's like well they were never stopping you. You 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 quit being a Green Lantern in the first eighteen minutes. You had the power, and they didn't take it away from you. So why the fuck are you here asking for permission to defend your world? That's literally your job as the Green Lantern. You're asking these people if you can continue to do what they, I, I guess, commissioned you to do, which is protect the sector you live in. And he does not give a convincing speech because he's talking to these beings that have existed like uh, uh for, for for entire millennia before humanity even blipped on the planet or on, in the galaxy 
And his speech is more or less, hey guys, look, I promise you, humans are pretty cool. You guys, you guys are scared. I'm scared. That sucks. So we should all yeah, team up. There, there was there's, like an interesting there. There was an interesting. It was as if like they were like, well, like the speech will be about how the council is afraid, but they can't admit that they're afraid because that would look bad. And so instead of admitting that they are afraid and thereby being able to overcome their fear, they hide it, which just makes them more afraid. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, how she say that in the movie? And they're like, just write down what I just said. <laughs> like, but the there's a good is- idea. Like, there is an idea in there that, like, the idea of yeah. not admitting you are afraid is what keeps you afraid. And if you admit but it, the- you can fate. But they never get to that. But the the book has sequences where they identify the fact that their entire, like, planet has been constructed to, like, all, their buildings are, are made of yellow because they're afraid that if and they're automaton they're afraid of if they if they you know if they empower things too much that they might lose control they have all these things in place to keep the green lanterns within boundaries within control because they're they fear what happened to their associate who became parallax that's interesting but they don't do that in the movie and no. and like and they yell at him they, they threaten him with death when he when he when he suggests that they are afraid like calling them afraid is like calling them you know like the most horrific insult because that's how afraid of fear that they are that's a, another interesting parallel there's none of that in the movie yeah, they know that makes it in and like the speech he gives is like you know, i was like i was like oh that's not very convincing but i was like i guess for a movie it'll be fine and they're like we have to weigh more than just one thing so now nah, we're not gonna help and i was like but wait what you're you're just gonna wait for the parallax to get to you which is the dumbest plan ever because they just said he kills planets and gets stronger so wouldn't this guy's plan is great go attack him before he absorbs another planet you're literally letting him get stronger (laughs) because you're like well we think it'll be easier to beat him when he's way tougher it made no sense and that was like my problem with the whole movie is like nothing makes any sense nobody does anything like green lantern gets his powers Ne- only uses him once before he becomes the master of G- the Green Lantern and kills this monster that was so powerful, nobody could beat it except for one guy before him. And it's like, oh, okay, it's one of those stories, which is always pretty, you know, that's always weak story writing. But right. the thing that got me was, like, he flies out to be a Green Lantern. They train him for, like, 40 minutes. And then Sinestro shows up and is like, ah, you're 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 weak. You can't do this. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I can't. And he quits. And I was like, wait then why did he go to this fucking planet? Like, there's so many story beats that just don't matter. The movie would have been so much better if Sinestro had turned evil, Abin Snur was fighting him, he he wounds Sir, uh, Abin Snur, he flies to Earth, gives the ring away, Sinestro shows up because he wants his ring, because, like, he's killing Green Lanterns and he's taking their rings. That could be the story, whatever. I don't actually know what Sinestro's beef is. Uh, but... Like, and then there's a fight with him and, you know, and then it's, like, more interesting. And, like, maybe he tries to, like, pervert, you know, how Jordan, because how Jordan doesn't know what the Green Lantern Corps is. And then you end the movie with him being introduced to the Corps. The movie starts with this insane, like, Yeah, because let's get to that. Because I I think I know why this movie had the the most bizarre uh, merger of ideas. And I think it's because of production. Because... I was reading some background on the film and actually some post post film interviews with the, uh, the, the, the director who did go through with the entire film, um, uh, Mark Campbell, uh, he, or Martin Campbell, because Martin Campbell has directed like Goldeneye. Yeah, he did Casino, Casino Royale. Royale, like one of the yeah. best James Bond movies ever made that he directed. I mean, he's but had some other questionable films, but he's got a lot of expertise with like very physical real things you know what i mean mm-hmm. all of his movies are about spies True. and like car chases and action sequences so he could probably cut together a pretty good action sequence and he could probably frame a movie that would give him the opportunity to do that however the person who first put the the, the film together did a lot of the original development and he actually martin um uh said that they kept the script and they kept a lot of the initial like construction that was going on uh of the story from greg berlanti who's also a really good writer he is behind almost every cw like dc uh, tv series that anyone likes like arrow flash supergirl he he's like a pretty major force on all of those so clearly greg knows his canon and he knows how to like package it and deliver because because those shows are full 
of ridiculous characters and ridiculous storylines that come from the comics that he's able to like you know package up and deliver so my assumption is that he built this like canon heavy script where they open just rattling off names of bullshit at you and I, then they gave it to a guy who's not about that right you know well, and then i just it's a it's, it's a complete disconnect i could not believe when the opening started and they were like when you know they, they start explaining what the lantern oh, God, core is yeah. and i was like wait what's I mean, happening and then like it's not just that they explain what the lantern core is which like I, I love comic books, and I love the ridiculousness of comic books. Like, it's so insane that there's a, a thing called the Green Lantern Corps. It's just... And I think in the comics, they're smart enough just to call it the Lantern Corps, which sounds less dumb. But, like, when you really think about it, you're like, this is uh, such a dumb idea. That there's, like, a group that wears special rings that give them a superpowers. And it's like... But it's in comics, it works. You can't open a movie like that. Like, with no... Because, like... And it's not just like they're like, there's a Lantern Corps and they police space. You'd be like, oh, okay, they're space police. They start going into like, there's 3,162 of them in the 3,162 uh, sectors of the planet. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and they just like keep going. I'm like, I'm, is, this, is this like an SAT question at the end of this? Because it was so like weird. It was like, do I Look, even folks, know the number? If Hal Jordan is in sector 1468 and he wants to travel to sector 247, how long yeah. how many sectors will But he have Sinestro to leaves 2143 <laughs> at the same time. Which one will get there first? I just considering I, that Sinestro has built a spaceship out of his powerful Green Lantern ring and Hal Jordan has made a race car <laughs> with wings on it. It was just like I was like, wow, this is so weird. And then Pokes, hey Pokes, hey Pokes, do you remember when he put a helicopter in a race car? Oh my and that I think that's the thing that gets me the most in this movie is like it, it's like if you were to sit down and be like, Alright, we're gonna make a movie about this superhero and like, Alright, what's the Green Lantern's power? He can do anything. He can make anything he can think of. And like, oh okay. my god, that's brilliant. So there's a helicopter crashing. Around? How would he save it? Oh, he'd make a Hot Wheels just, racing track. Can we just go around the room and everyone just give us like... See, Hal Jordan's thing is creativity. So we're a room full of writers. This is great. So we're all creative, right? So let's all just throw out some ideas of what the Green Lantern could make to fight to fight, um, you know, Sinestro or, or whatever we're going to do. Uh, well, he could make a race car. Uh -huh. Okay. He could that's do a Tex awesome. Avery spring as if he's the fucking wolf trying to catch something. Okay. Uh, gun? Uh -huh. Just gun? How about how about World gun. War Two era anti-air gun? I'm gonna put that under to gun. Blow up a, a, a gas I'm gonna, gun truck. I already have. I already have gun on the board. I'm just gonna stick with gun. Okay, two gun. Um, uh, he could also make some jets, even though he himself can fly. So making a jet is really pointless because he's not even is, in it. Is he in the jet? No. Okay. He's strapped uh, to them via a harness. Okay, so he he made a harness, a special harness for jets. Mm-hmm. Jet harness. Uh huh. I, I I don't want to write that one down, but it seems like we're out of ideas, so I'm gonna write it down. Yeah, and, and a giant fist and sword. Okay, and no, does he does he know how to use his sword? Uh, yes, for some reason. For some reason, he he holds his own against I, a tree. I asked. <laughs> I asked that question immediately. I'm like, I'm like, why? When he's like, I need. When you're being shot at and you make a shield, sure, I get it. But when he's like, let's fight, I'll make a sword. I'm like, why? Yeah, it's like, Dude, it's like that's not man, a skill people are taught. They didn't teach you teach you swords in the air force. Why did you pick that? Why did you make any weapon? He said he just wanted to fight you. Why didn't you try to punch him in the face? You've already had yeah, great I, success. You killed three people who used to work with you. His first use of his power is he's getting beat up, and he goes oh, he to throw some, like, uh, I, I, for some reason, there's, like, a can of bolts out in this parking lot outside of a bar, and he goes to throw them, and the ring creates a fist and punches them, and one guy is thrown through a brick wall. Now, I know in movies they like to do that. In real life, if you hit a brick wall hard enough that it crumbles, you have died. You're you not, died. You, at, at the very least, you're paralyzed, or you're a quadriplegic. Or, like, you, there's no way you're coming back. Or that thing where like someone falls really hard in a car and the car crumbles. So like, ah, yeah. that would that would do it. That'd be fine. I'm like, no. No, you know the no, pressure it takes to crumple the roof of a car? Because you want to know what the roof of the car is made to do? Support the weight of the car if it rolls over so you can get out of it. <laughs> but you're, you're right. Like, what's weird about all of this is what we've just said in this joke sequence is the totality 
of use of Green Lantern powers. The only interesting use of it takes place on, uh, on, on during his training, um, um, when he pulls swords out for no reason and makes a bunch of like ridiculous garbage. After that, it's basically one sequence of a short helicopter rescue, um, a confusing fight in which he loses to the second guy against fuel canisters, and then just. The, the finale like just just yeah. the big one he that's it and he's also like get. it's so weird that like in a superhero movie there's like it's just odd to me because it's like if you think about the first spider-man movie a movie that we use a lot to talk about like a, a well-done movie comic book movie you only see spider-man do so much but there's the implication that he's been spider-man for months at this point like he's been living in new york and he is like he's being spider-man all the time it's not like he's just like oh something happened let me be spider-man now it's like he's swinging around and you get the idea that it's like oh he's been doing this for enough time that he's at least reasonable at it this movie green lantern gets his powers decides he doesn't want to do it uses them twice poorly and then is able to beat the strongest being in the universe while the rest of the green lantern corps just watches the end of the movie he's dying he's gonna fall into a sun and they save him it's like you fuckers were standing there watching that fight the whole time like what the fuck you just let this guy almost die you could have helped him at any point you're just like let's see how this plays out i could not understand that final scene at all it was so weird yeah and and and, and there's just a complete misuse in fact what it feels like is as if there's three movies here because you know Using your Spider-Man example, if the Spider-Man film started with someone explaining the test they were doing on a spider to you, and then continued to just show you large chunks of scientist, like of time of the film, of just scientists testing things and talking about stuff, and then having an accident and losing a spider, and then like while we're watching that, we're cutting back to a guy going to high school. That's what this is. It's like we spent twenty minutes flying around space getting lectured about uh getting lectured about planets and and evil clouds and then we go watch a, a chunk of the movie stealth with jamie fox yes and- where where we we watch like a fighter like a fighter jet fight and then and then like there's a suddenly stakes around a company we don't give a shit about yeah and, and we're then- supposed to be rooting for a guy whose opening is almost causing two separate accidents and then being mad at the people he almost killed he's he's the least like like sure i was like you can't start out a movie with your hero being the least likable person in the entire film but it's not until like i think like 50 minutes in that suddenly out of nowhere he's scooped up by a green orb flown into the other movie that we were watching and suddenly has to confront the space but he's i think he's still in the stealth movie because his reaction to meeting an alien is like my reaction to ordering fast food He's like so blasé. Ah, he gets there and he's like, "Oh no, man, hold on. We'll get you yeah. to a hospital with purple blood." And it's like, "This is your reaction to seeing you're like a an aviation expert. You would get there and be like, "Oh, this is not a normal plane. This this is a spaceship. This dude is a straight up alien." And his reaction is almost like, "Yeah, like he's been like, "Uh, another dead alien. Uh, these things are just piling up on my backyard." It was and like it, when he goes to Oa, he's not really impressed either. Oh yeah, he's he's super passive in OO, which is really surprising because it's a big magical place. And all the aliens that he he has a little bit of alarm with um, the first guy he speaks to, Toma Ray, like the kind of fish guy. Yeah. Uh, which is again the same one that instructs him, um, and the same big guy fights him for training. So it's all the same stuff from the comic from Secret Origin. Um, but yeah, he's just so passive about it. He, and, and the comic implies like time has lapsed while he's been on the planet. I think. Uh, to a degree that would make you at least understand why he maybe adjusted a little bit. Um, but then, then like, we watch him, like, literally, like, confront an ogre man who throws him across an alien planet while he activates powers he's never seen before. And then, like, 20 minutes later, he's like, look, I'm afraid all the time. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you are. <laughs> like, Yeah, you, you actually seem to be a sociopath because you don't react to anything. Look, yesterday someone confused me for someone they knew on the train, and that was real feel fear for me. <laughs> I had to experience social contact with a stranger. That's a person who lives in fear. You fly jets for a living and travel travel through intergalactic space tunnels 
Casually! And see, I, I wonder, I started to wonder while watching this, how much of the script was changed when Ryan Reynolds came on. Because, like, it felt like there could have been a movie me. where how Jordan is reacting to all this stuff. And he's, like, a, a surprised and shocked and afraid. And I don't think Ryan Reynolds, I don't one, I don't think he can act. He's always just Ryan Reynolds. He, he's not an actor. He's just Ryan. He's, like, one of those people. It's like Tom Cruise is always just kind of Tom Cruise. Except yeah, for in Tropic Thunder. But like, Except often people don't hate it. Everyone likes it. You know what I mean? So it yeah. works. Yeah, and I'm not saying... Um, like, obviously he built a career out of being Ryan Reynolds. I can't stand him. I think he's just really annoying. But, like, while watching this movie, I was like, oh, I feel like these are all his choices. Like, he's like, I'm going to make this guy kind of extra douchey. I'm going to play him real smarmy. I'm not going to play up. like, And so, like, when he delivers these speeches later, like you said, you're like, well, that's not the character. You haven't been playing this character at all for the entire movie. He's not afraid of anything. And for some reason, he has PTSD flashbacks while he's flying a plane. How would he just start having them? His dad died when he was 10. He should have never been able to get into a fucking plane if that was a problem. You can't just have selective PTSD where it only affects you sometimes. If that was true, people with PTSD would be psyched. Like, they were like, oh no, it only comes up at convenient story moments. So that was like that was another weird part for me. It was just like I, I don't know. It was such an odd choice, and I did wonder. I was like, because did you see one of the people who wrote this movie is Michael Green, who's one of the writers from Logan. Yeah, I mean, so, like I said, so there's a I guy think... who knows how to write like emotional scenes and like good dialogue and character-driven story. And I was like, did they just cut all his work out of the movie? I think they had a guy who does thriller action and they had a guy who does super canon and they had a guy who does you know yeah like like emotional you know emotional movies there's a guy who does movies does movies and i think i think they all like were able to throw a piece in and then they just mixed up that garbage into what came out which is just like none of no not the sum of its parts um but something struck me about around this time in the movie about like you know a third of the way through which is that um there's a lot of marvel folks in here huh yeah, there's a, uh, there's just a lot of people in general in this movie. Angela Bassett's there playing Amanda Waller, mm-hmm. who gets replaced Later, when they did Suicide Squad. Sorry, sure Angela does. Bassett. It's fine. She went on to the much cooler role of playing uh, Black Panther's mom. <laughs> um, I, I guess that's cooler. That movie only grossed a billion dollars, though. Of course, Ryan Reynolds is you know in the Marvel sort of adjacent universe mm-hmm. uh, as Deadpool, and then. My mind would be fucking blown by the presence of Taiki Watiti. Yeah, I could not believe when I saw that guy. I was like, that guy looks so much like... And I was like, that can't be right. And I went and looked it up, and then I was like, this is even more... Because he has the worst lines of dialogue in a movie of really bad lines of dialogue. Like, like I, that was the thing. I went to look up. I was like, these people who wrote this movie can't still be working. Because the dialogue is just atrocious. And when the I saw is, the dude was from Logan, I was like that's impossible the, the dialogue is wonky for sure i will say before we get too deep into trashing it uh, even though we're pretty far in now some of the people are doing their job the main one being mark strong playing sinestro yeah, i he's good loved sinestro in every scene he had he brought like when he like even just small stuff when green lantern floated into the council like and he gave him like a how dare you breach this like tribunal i was like damn mark Strong. Like, he really brought some gravitas to that character and even sinestro was oh look all the cgi is bad we'll probably get a second here we're gonna dunk on the whole thing but but sinestro looked cool to me and, and yeah i thought when he, he was on I thought, screen i thought of all the characters who were based off of the comic i was like oh he's the only one that doesn't look ridiculous he looks like his comic book character like the the bigger head than he should have like the taller head and i was like but they he doesn't look cartoonish like so many of the other characters and he his let's face it his voice is pretty great um i was gonna bring up a quote here too before we get uh off of taika too too far taiki was uh uh uh, spoke at uh some like i assume it's some 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 thor ragnarok uh, PR run and he got asked about Green Lantern and he actually kind of went in on it um, he was he was very light as any person is uh, to not like dunk on another person in their industry too hard but he, he said um, that the biggest problem with the movie was the script as you said he said on Green Lantern we did not have a working script until we were halfway through shooting yeah I because I'm just going to real quick yeah. I wrote down a few lines from this movie that I was like wait what one of them is 
right when he's having his flashback of his dad uh dying there's a scene where his dad's gonna go get in a plane and he throws his leather jacket at his son he says keep it warm for me it's like that's ew i was like yeah that's gross and really weird but then uh what td Wait, wait, son. I don't mean fart in it. Yeah. Please don't fart in my jacket. He was like, keep it warm. It's like, you appear to be in Los Angeles. Keep it warm for what? It's probably 85 degrees. <laughs> but yeah. the other thing was, so Watiti is like the comedy relief in the scenes he's in, but he's given no yeah. jokes. Like you could tell like yeah. his character he's was supposed trying. to be the comedy. And there's a point where he keeps, he wants to see Green Lantern up close. And the line he has is he's like, come on, Hal, I want to see it. And like Reynolds back is like oh you want to see he's like yeah show it to me man come on show it to me and I was like not looking at the screen at that point and in my mind for a second I was like wait is he talking about like is he gonna pull out his dick in this scene <laughs> like because I was so confused because I was only half paying attention I was like wait what and then when he becomes the Green Lantern in like like there's a dumb scene where he tries and it doesn't work and he's like oops gotta recharge the ring and I was like well this is really pointless information that doesn't need to be in the movie he charges it turns into green lantern and do you know what Watiti's reply is he just yells ah green yeah he does say and ah, i was green. i was like what and then he's like oh man i can't believe this you're a superhero and he's like yeah and he's like wait don't they always get the girl and it's like that's what the fuck kind of expression is that people don't talk like that and what does that even mean there also, is no in the situation there is no actual girl there's a girl he likes but that's not really like it's so weird also, take it, read your comics, because uh, if you're not aware, yes, the superheroes often get the girls after 400 issues. Yeah. And then that girl, then that girl is often murdered in front of them. Yeah. I was going to say, typically the route. Say, if you want to know what happens to superheroes' girlfriends, pick up a Daredevil comic. He, he's never had a relationship. <laughs> the only good relationship he ever had, that woman became a drug addict and a porn star and sold his identity to the kingpin. So I don't know if they do always get the girl. The last one, though, was one of the last lines of the movie. Uh... He shows up to talk to Blake Lively, and she's like, take the mask off, and it disappears. She's like, that's really cool. I was like, yeah, that's how grown women talk. That's like how grown people have conversations with adults. And it was like, not the fact he can fly. That's not really cool. He can make a mask disappear. He's like a low-grade fucking Chris Angel. This is how married couples talk, because I don't think we've mentioned it. This is a married couple. Well, they weren't they weren't married yet. Were they dating yeah, during this movie? <laughs> Probably. Who knows? I was wondering, I was like, is this um, sort of the movie they met? Because I'm like, they have no career, like no chemistry at all. Watching it, I kept thinking, I was like, oh, I thought this was the movie he was in with his wife. But I was like, he has zero chemistry with this woman. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that is his wife. Yeah. Um, One you miss is when she's trying to wrap her head around the idea that he's a superhero now, which, by the way, you don't get to be a superhero by just making one helicopter race car go through a giant Hot Wheels track. I mean, like you said earlier, there was an expectation that he would have almost like a Spider-Man montage, like doing shit with his Yeah, like I thought after that they were going to show he was like doing stuff around Earth and like he was a But she treats him... She treats him like he's been doing that because like she's he like just saved uh, the fucking the end of Avengers. Like he just killed all the aliens and invaded Earth. Like she's reacting as if the end of this movie has already occurred. Exactly, and she says, "So what are you gonna do? Like, uh, like go stop a burglary down Milky Way?" Oh yeah, she said, "Do they call you Cat in a Tree?" The down the Milky Way, and I was like, "This is fucking just terrible." Oh, it's bad. It is bad. That's some, some real garbage uh, clunker dialogue there. But nothing hits worse in this movie. We, we've talked about Ryan Reynolds just doing Reynolds. We've talked about Blake Lively. Really not no, sure not sure what she was supposed to do, which well, could I, possibly not be her fault. I don't think that was her fault because her character right? is literally just like, all right, here's which your... Which is a shame. Here's your role. You're the woman. And she's like, what does that mean? And they're like, you're the woman. And she's like, I don't know what that means, though. Like, do, am I trying to... Like, am I in love with this guy? And they're like, yeah, you're a woman. And like, she was just given zero, she's just damsel in distress, love interest, uh, bitchy woman in the beginning. She's just like all the cliches of women in movies. It was so weird. It's it's Carol Ferris, who's a pretty big deal character in the DC universe. I mean, she's Star Sapphire from time to time in all of her weird mind erasing storylines where she suddenly forgets that she's Star Sapphire star sapphire or whatever but she's in a lot she's she's throughout she's a mary jane to green lantern she's becomes like a pseudo villain from time to time she's got a lot but she's not giving anything she's no. just there to to gape like just gape her her mouth at, at at ryan reynolds as he does stuff uh and contribute nothing um but 
there there's a lot of awkwardness in the dialogue there's a lot of empty characters there's a lot of people who are kind of trying but yeah nothing, I, I think most people are nothing trying. nothing fails harder in this movie than fucking hector hammond and his we spend so much time watching this guy slowly go through a transformation and i don't know if they're going for this thing where it's like green lanterns discovering his will and like hector hammond is like going the other way you know what i mean like yes. i don't know except for nothing it, is happening to the green lantern it's it like at one point i was like this is more of an origin story for hector hammond than it is for it the is. green lantern because i'm getting so all much... this backstory about him yeah and like, i about don't his personal, give a like, fuck <laughs> his 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 like his strained kind of st- like and it's weird they keep saying his, his his strained relationship with his father and his father is like cold to him but his father hooks him up with like government contracts. It was really like, weird. Their introduction to him is he's like, I got you a job. You're going to be doing this thing that as a scientist you would love to do. And he's like, there's better scientists than me. It's like, wow, you're kind of a prick. Like this guy is giving you like your dream job and you could do all sorts of great stuff. You're clearly qualified. Not it's not like you're like, like a fucking guy at Best Buy, you know, like <laughs> one of those uh, people you could pay the geek squad. Like you're a scientist. You have a degree. Not to mention that Peter Sarsgaard looks older than Tim Robbins in all the yes. scenes. Yes, <laughs> when he came in, he was like, hi, Dad. I was like, oh, this what? is... I was like, is this a sexual dad thing? Because like, yeah, I was like, like, that's you, not his you father. Like, you meant to say, hey, Daddy. That's yeah, because I, I was like, I, I... You know what? I gotta almost look it up now. I wonder, like, they can't be that different in age, can they? They, they must be, like, two years apart, I, I would imagine. Oh, um, no, they're further Hector, in age apart than I thought, 12 years. Yeah, but still, we not get really all enough. this information... We get all this information about Hector and who he is, which is pointless because he's not the main villain. No. I don't know why he gets so much screen time because the main villain is this stupid hate cloud that's coming in, which again, uh, sorry, let let me clarify. This big yellow hate cloud voiced by Mr. Krabs. Yeah. uh, Because. (laughs) And like his original introduction when he's on the planet. The thing that got me was when they introduced Parallax. So they start and they like after the long thing about Green Lantern Corps and how they're broken up, and they're like, then their greatest enemy, I was like, oh, wow, we're getting, like, this is a full bio of the Lantern Corps. They're like, was Parallax, and only one person could ever, you know, capture him, and he caged him, and it was Avenir and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you find out that he entombed them on a planet, and they were like, well, job well done, and just left him there. <laughs> it's like, wait, why wasn't somebody guarding this sector? Why didn't you put one Green Lantern in this system and be like, Make sure nobody lands on this planet. <laughs> Don't tell him why. Just be like, eh, it's a real dangerous... Because apparently, uh, Parallax is like setting out an SOS that people can pick up on radios. It's kind of like if you, instead of imprisoning your greatest enemy in... Uh, what is the uh, what is the zone from Superman? The uh, uh, Oh, the negative zone? No, what's it called? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. instead of imprisoning them in, in a, flat, <laughs> a flat plane of existence... Uh, instead, you basically just dump them in, like, an abandoned factory district in Detroit yeah. in cosmic terms. You know what I mean? Like, an abandoned planet isn't safe if people could just go there and look around. Yeah. Like, you've you've blown this. It would be like as if we were like, well, we've got some murderers. What should we do with them? We have this prison with guards. And they're like, eh, you know what? There's an island, like, two miles off the coast. We'll just put them out there and hope they don't figure out a way off. <laughs> it's so that- crazy. The biggest move away from the comic is that in Secret Origin, the villain is actually um, a, a, a God, these shitty fucking names, DC. I swear to God. Atrocitus? That's a stupid name. I mean, it, it is... this. It's not great. The names, the names that they do with... I'm sorry, DC, to put you on blast, but the names where it's like, hey, let's have a villain character. He'll, his name's going to be villain villano like that's what they do they take up they take an adjective for evil like sinestro or atrocitus it's like get fucked dc they're basically S- like so... lucas making up new sith lords <laughs> yeah, yeah. evilocity yeah yeah darth meanhead um uh, but 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 it's actually atrocitus that's coming after him um uh and and in secret origin so it's not even parallax that that they wrote in because they didn't know what to do i assume with atrocitus because he's not as notable of a villain which i guess makes sense but i'll be honest i've never heard of parallax and i have a rough i like rough background of green lantern i don't remember that character (laughs) it's fair enough i mean at best they should make they should have given the audience reason to understand because 
the thing is, like, my, my parents saw Thor Ragnarok, right? Because they, we, we watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows together and they love that movie. I was, I was wary to recommend that to them because I'm like, they don't watch the Marvel movies. They've seen, like, I don't know, a random one or two. And so I was, fi- I figured that they wouldn't like it, but but because the movie goes through lengths to sort of make stakes understood, and they don't badger you with names, they don't like zoom in on like the Thor movie talking about like all the gods that are there and what Asgard's been doing for twenty years, and then like ten minutes in we go, okay, now here's Thor, we're gonna watch him do some stuff, then we're gonna look at some scientists, then we're, I mean like. We get moving a little quicker, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that was the thing that I thought was weird about this movie was when it starts, it's like, all right, Parallax has escaped. Oh, no. Uh, here's Earth. Oh, no. Uh, Abin's been d- wounded. He's landed on Earth. And I was like, oh, he's... I kept waiting for him during the test fight. I thought his ship was going to come down and hit Hal Jordan's ship, the plane. Yeah, I thought so, too. And I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. But no, he completes the whole thing. The guy's been laying dying for like five hours. <laughs> before he's like oh yeah ring go find me someone uh so i guess the what i was trying to trying to get towards is like can you imagine anyone coming into this movie without without knowledge of 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 like green lantern or comic book movies in general like how how like how much that this movie's first 30 minutes would shut someone down who had come in just thinking that uh, superhero movies are fun. I'll go, I'll go check this out. Batman wasn't too hard to figure out, you know, yeah. I'll just kind of come in. This should be fine. And then like, when he's like the district 12 of, of Qualthon, you're like, uh, I'm out. I'm fucking and out. I, I think that's the problem with most of DC's movies is they've started after the movie that you need to get people to care. Like Marvel invested in early movies for all their characters iron man one thor and captain america first Avengers set up those characters disney or not disney, dc is like let's start with the second movie like this movie really feels like i'm like there should have been a whole nother movie where he's just fighting sinestro and then it ends with him being introduced to the lantern corps you can't start where he's like in the middle of the greatest battle in the history of the lantern corps because you don't even know what the fuck the lantern corps is and to try to jam it down your throat and then explain how the lanterns work, what the ring does, why. And it's like, I don't need to know all this for a first movie. You're explaining so much. Like, there was no lantern core, I think. I mean, like, it was a vague idea in the original comics when they first introduced Green Lantern. They really built it into this other thing later on. But it's like, and I don't even know when they actually created the lantern cores. Because I don't think when they originally created the character, there was a lantern core. I think it was just the one guy was the Green Lantern. What's also awkward here is that this was well-documented as an attempt to start what is now essentially the DCEU. They thought this was going to kick off their universe. Um, That's why it got such a big budget. That's why it got so many actors and names pulled into it. And they clearly thought that they were going to get this, get, 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 get a universe running. But like by comparison, Marvel started off with a much more relatable like Tony Stark, who's just a normal guy with exceptional talents, who who uses those to, to go above and beyond, and then that slowly you know gets Shield going and gets these other yeah. things and then, connected. Then you earn it's the like second movie movies where you're like, yeah. oh, the suit's killing him. He's having this other thing where he's dealing with the ramifications of all the stuff his father did, and you're like, okay, it'd be like imagine watching Iron Man two, never seen Iron Man. There's just a guy in a suit that has a thing in his chest that's killing him. And these people hate his dad, but you're not really sure why. Because you don't have any of the background. It's worse than that. Imagine taking all of Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, chopping it down to just a few pieces of choice dialogue, and making one movie out of it. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. It would be the same thing, because we'd we'd have three villains like we do here. Um, we have Sinestro's like yellow ring thing, which doesn't really culminate into a full villain oh, ship. But he gets we'll talk about that in a little bit. And, and then we've got you know the hate hate monster, and then we got fucking Hammond, and like all of them are doing something simultaneously. None of them are fleshed out villains. No, none of them are interesting. I mean, and like, even like the scenes where creativity is is supposed to be there is not there. The one Hammond scene that killed me was when he's facing off against him. Of one of the two times he ever fights anybody, he stands in this empty warehouse that Hammond has um, uh, Blake Lively for no goddamn reason and is threatening him. He gives up his ring, but as he's like taking the ring off, in my head, I was like, this is clever. He's like manifested like a fake ring for himself. A fake ring, yeah. yeah this That's is what I thought. And then, no, he gave him the physical ring, and I guess there's a rule 
where if you attempt to use the ring, you can use it once and yes! it will reject you. That's what I, I thought don't... too. He was like, you have to be, <laughs> you have to be chosen. It's like, but it just worked a second ago. What if he had shot you the first time? I don't, I don't get what that was. The ring was like in on like the, the grift. I don't yeah, get it. It was because... so weird. And so it's so disappointing for a simple scene where even two guys riffing can come up with something moderately creative. The the most, the arguably, the, the character in need of the most creativity has just nothing. Yeah. It's got absolutely nothing. And I will also say is like, the movie's not a Green Lantern movie. It's a Hal Jordan, uh, Hector Hammond movie. Like, the Green Lantern is so pointless in the movie. He really doesn't do anything. And there's no real, like stakes to being the green lantern he doesn't really like appear and like him appearing and saving that helicopter got less press coverage than him crashing the plane during like a close like you don't that's i don't why would that be on the news <laughs> like they barely tell you when planes crash in real life like if a you know if like a military jet goes down they have a press conference but that doesn't get reported on the news nobody's like oh we lost a jet they were acting like it was like the top story on the news but then when he's Green Lantern, they're like, oh, some guy showed up. We wonder who he is. Anyways, like, here's Kevin with the weather. You know, you're just like, oh, I guess we're done with the, the, the mysterious magic man from space. Yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna fly right past that one. Um, so what I want to ask about with some of our final, our final chunks here on the podcast, um, this movie is frequently mocked for its uh it's it, it's cgi effects which are basically the movie in its entirety uh it is so which is, much CGI. which is such a poor choice because so of, here's the thing. partially because of how bad it is but the suits i don't get so let's talk about the suits the suits the green living suits are stupid they're really they're, dumb because it didn't it didn't make me as mad as the mask the mask yes. that he wears why he would have a domino mask well yes but also it's immensely fake yeah um it, it like it doesn't have edges it's like soft textured the eyes blur as they meet the mask so it's confusing but he looks exactly like ryan reynolds with a green mask printed on his face like if you knew the person as they point out later when blake lively is like i've known you my whole life of course i can tell it's you it's like, yeah, that's not how masks work, guys. <laughs> like, they shouldn't just be colors on a face. Yeah, it's it, it's immense disappointing. But like, like walk, walking through some of the uh, the characters that are there. Like I said, Sinestro, of course, looks, you know, impossibly fake. But there's no way around that. I mean, but he, I thought of, I thought he looked fine because it's like, I, you know, I was like, it's 2011. He's a fake person. He's not, like, a natural person. You know what I mean? Like, he has to look right. like a person, but in the wrong proportions, which is always going to make... Even if he had, he looked, like, photorealistic, you'd be like, mm, that doesn't look right because he's a person who's the wrong shape for a person. You know what I mean? Like, that's hard to do. It's it's easy to be like, like, the monster guy? He looked more real because I have no frame of reference for what a fucking monster guy looks like. But I know the proportions of a human. So, yeah, but he was okay... The fish guy was weird because he also didn't really look like a fish. Yeah. He looked that, like a bird. bird. <laughs> yeah, he looked like a weird bird. And uh, who was the voice? I recognize the voice of, uh, what was it? Um, well, the one Kilowog? was, yeah, the one was Michael Clark Duncan. That was Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, Sadly, Clark in like Kilowog. the end of his career, he, he passed away the year after this movie came out. That is, yeah, a travesty. Because his lines are, he, he's doing he, he, the, the the voice matches up, uh, but he is just sort of like, I don't know. He is he is um, not given good lines. He keeps like no, he's he is the like the almost the cliche machine. But yeah, his scene. The thing that makes his scene to me the most problematic is at one point he creates a sun that has gravity, and it's like oh, wait, yeah. so if I could if the Green Lanterns can manifest suns. Like, that's the ultimate weapon. Like, like a sun is a nuclear furnace. Nothing can survive it. And its gravity mass is so strong, it would, of course, destroy anything near it. So it's like, why don't they always, anytime there's a threat, just be like, mini sun beside you and the guy explodes. I thought that was so weird. I was like, oh. And also I thought that was such a weird thing that he was like, that's the way a sun feels. It's like, 
no shit, dude. We all understand how gravity works. Like, we understand the reason the Earth spins in a circle is because the sun's pulling on it. Like, I get the general gist that suns weigh a lot. I thought that was such a weird scene to be like, in case you guys haven't hit 7th grade science yet, don't get near a sun. It's, it's bad. But the other guy was it's, Jeffrey Rush. It, yes, he was. It's, again, insane. But it's, but it's ridiculous to me that even in this sequence, Sinestro, Kilowog, all of these characters demonstrate a, a far, far greater ability yes. and control over their rings. And we're told that they all they all looked up to Avancer as even an even greater version as, of them. Yeah, as the greatest of all the Green Lanterns, the best Green Lantern. And we do not get Jack from Renal from Hal Jordan. I mean, he does he does nothing. We, we we've mocked it like we've mocked it thoroughly here. He does like some rockets and a race car and like a gun and that's it he, and he ties gone. himself to some jets that was not a joke from earlier there's literally a and, scene where two jets like green lantern created jets are strapped to him via a harness system and it's like you can fly you don't need the jets this is a pointless scene and he just yeah he just flies away from from parallax with a bunch of get, with a bunch of goof goofball like he basically is the mask in this yes except like, for just, less entertaining yeah, he's doing the mask bits, and that's and enough with to defeat <laughs> the Green Lantern's greatest villains, and it's such a disappointment. Yeah, and I think that the point is supposed to be, which I think they fail at creating in the story, is I think that the point, the original idea, is supposed to be that the reason he can beat Parallax is he admits that he's afraid and it is able to overcome his fear. That that is how you actually beat fear. It's not having no fear, it's being like brave enough to accept you have fear and i think that was the the idea the screenwriters had that never went anywhere because they kept bringing it up to be like you know he's like well my dad was never afraid and she was like he was afraid you know it's just there's a thing when people can get over it it's called bravery and i think that was supposed to be the underlying story was that because he had no fear he could beat parallax because that's all parallax's power is is you have to be afraid of him and i think it was supposed to be like the green lantern Corps was afraid of him but since none of them knew who he was, that didn't make sense. Because, like, why would they be afraid of a threat they've never heard of? And that's, like, where I think the movie fell apart was the, the core story they were trying to write and tell could have been good. They just didn't tell anybody it. <laughs> Not to mention that if your character is supposed to be, like, uh, 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 irresponsible but still held back by fear from a, a, a traumatic incident, then I don't know why he's got to be the hot shoddiest yeah fighter pilot ever like that's not a place to start me to make me believe that he has somewhere to go like i just tell me that he's he's the best of the best and uh, yeah he has like uh, he has a bit of like a a, a, yeah you know a ptsd moment when he's after succeeding against the drones in the beginning or whatever but we're not given like pretense that he's like a failure because he's afraid to push the limits but 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 he's capable of, of greatness we're told that he's just the best and then later he's like i'm not the best but there's no proof to that yeah he's like well i was afraid when my plane was falling it's like but were you afraid because you could have gotten out of it you're perfectly capable you even said that you just froze up for some reason and i like i know that the the original origin is how jordan is a test pilot and i think in the comics he either sees guy crash or he actually gets hit by him and then he finds him but like i feel like for the movie it almost would have been better if it had been like he stopped being a pilot because he was yeah, he, he was I'm having saying. the PTSD. And then it's like he overcomes his fear and does all this stuff at the end. But like you said, he appears to not have any fears or weaknesses. So it's really weird when you're just like, oh, okay, what is... There's no growth for the character. His right, only growth right. is him saying that he's growing, which is not growth. Yeah, that, 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 that's... Uh, yeah, that's essentially what I was... I was... Yeah, I was thinking the whole time in my notes. It's just, I, I, but other than my notes at the end, which just in all caps says, "That's Mr. Krabs." Also, a cloud is never scary. And I read this in an actual interview. Do you know this is fucking true? This is surprisingly apt that we're filming this episode when we're filming this because the director said that he was inspired to create the parallax cloud monster based off of watching 9/11. 
Okay, one super offensive denial. <laughs> but he said, yeah, he wanted. He said that the, he the, would, the, the, the cloud of the collapsing buildings like overwhelming the streets was his inspiration for Parallax, which is essentially a five second scene. Yeah, and does not look anything at all like it did. I, I mean, everybody saw that actual footage. It really happened, and Parallax just. I don't know. Yeah, Parallax was really dumb. And he only targets one person in his entire fight. Did you notice that? One woman yeah. trips and he's like, ooh, I'm going to get her. Here we go. And then Fire. Green Lantern shows up and he flies him away. And he's like, well, got to go. It's like, this, yeah, it was like I said, I think there could have been a decent movie in there. But yeah. maybe it was the change of directors or the multiple screenwriters. I they, The movie just did not come together. And maybe it was they, they rewrote most of the movie midway through. Because I do feel like there's points where they're trying to create a story about fear, but they just don't have the skill or the time to do it. And I, we're talking, too, about how much they jammed into this movie. It still feels so long. It's two hours it's long. It's so long. But you're, there's so I, many I, wasted I, scenes that you don't care about. And I think that's a great lead-in to uh, a question that I think everyone already knows the answer to, which is that this is this is this is not a movie to recommend which is such a boring thing to say because you know no one no one pretended this movie was good but we both had nice things to say about small small parts of this movie but ultimately because it is such it is so duct taped together with different ideas and all of them are um first draft ideas with first draft writing it is and first draft uh, uh, CGI passes. I mean, based on Takey, they, they they filmed most of this on no draft writing, so it's 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 it, 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 it you can tell you can tell it plays it plays that way. Yeah. Um. I so and this isn't even like a movie like it's not a good movie at all. I like just top to bottom, it's just not a well made movie, which is a, a bummer because the the director seems like he's done good movies. The some of the writers have done good stuff. It's just like just a myth. It's. It's like something you would expect to find on the sci-fi channel, like that kind of like just, but not it. But it's not bad fun. It's just bad, not well done, and that's just not enjoyable on any level. Which is yeah. So I would just say no. This is a complete no watch ever. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would say it's it's not worth wasting your time. I mean, I think everyone can go back with low standards like I did, and definitely have. Be, be surprised that it's not as trashy as you think it will be. I was expecting but it to be it so much not, worse. It will not blow your mind. It, it'll yeah. just give you the response you're getting now, I, which is I, that it's adequate. I think that the the end credit scene perfectly sums up everything that's wrong, like this movie and like why it doesn't work. The end credit scene, they show Sinestro, he gets the yellow ring that they forged and he puts it on. But there's no reason for him to do that. There's no... Yeah. He just does it because so they, they're trying to create a villain for the next movie. But there's no reason for him to put the ring on because the only reason they made the ring was to kill Parallax and he's dead. And there's no moment where he leaves the council mad and refuses to stay part of the land. And that's, I think, the whole movie. Nothing is earned. Nothing is justified. It just happens just to happen. And I, yep. I think that perfectly sums it up. I mean, they easily could have worked something in where, you know, he, he, he didn't agree with Hal Jordan's methods and um, even after Hal Jordan succeeds, he questions the the reliability of the elders after they they faltered so much or he thinks that they should go to earth like when how jordan shows up and he's mad he should be like no you know what he's right we have to stop him before he absorbs earth because we can't beat him and he goes with how jordan like he disobeys him and he's like i refuse to rejoin the council because you guys are you're too short-sighted even better he 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 insists that earth be destroyed to prevent parallax from gaining more power yes, that would be anything. actually kind of in line with sinestro who's known for using like brutal techniques to enforce a hard peace that would be uh within his character's reasoning to lead him towards a sinestro yeah power. if he was like i'm gonna use the way. fear ring to destroy earth before parallax can kill everyone on it and gain more power. yeah that would have been even that's what i mean is like the movie ends with him being like you know the lanterns are gonna start working together we never had one will but now we do thanks and then the movie ends with him being like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, evil." And it's fuck just it. like this ring. This wrist ring was just so cool. I, I, I gotta try it on. I, green is not my color, guys. Pink looks better. Magenta looks better with yellow. Uh, he does look good in yellow. I'll he really does. All right. Well, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore, and I don't think anyone wants to know about how bad it is any longer. So I think we can put a put a pin in it. I think so. Uh, if you'll come back next week we'll tell you on the next mini episode what movie's up next if you'd like to recommend a movie or you'd want us to do a movie uh, go to facebook instagram 
SoundCloud, uh, Twitter. It's all at NAOS Pod. Leave us a message and tell us a movie you'd like to see us do. It would really help us out because we're really bad about picking these movies in advance. Uh, you can follow Ben on Twitter at the Disco Pony or his comedy uh, Twitter, the Strange Log. You can look on Instagram to see that I still haven't updated my art all year. And uh, I think that's it. Yeah, and uh, based on all my conversations about how close this was to the Secret Origin, uh, I'll be posting a sequ- sequential cinema real soon to give you a taste of what I'm talking about. So keep your eyes on our social media and please, please recommend a movie because it makes our lives so much easier.